Welcome to the 105 Way Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia. And your co-host, JL. And this is our 20th episode. JL, can you believe that? I didn't even know how to start one. So I'm, I'm very happy that we've gotten this far. We're going to keep on going and even tell, tell them more about our um, our other listeners that we didn't even know about to like the other day. Yeah, we have, uh, looking at our stats, we have listeners from the UK, India, and Colombia. Um, so we're not sure who you are, but thank you so much for listening and tuning in with us. Yes, thank you. Um, so yeah, on this episode, we have the wonderful Dr. Brittany Patterson, author of The Fight. Brittany, how are you? I am wonderful. And thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on and being part of our 20th episode. Um, so tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself, um, where you're from and what you do for a living. Sure. So I'd love to share a little bit about the fight. So the fight, um, my baby, my book baby. And so I came to Baltimore City actually in 2014. And as I mentioned earlier, um, I'm a psychologist. And so I had the privilege of serving a West Baltimore City school. Um, and in that school setting, I get to work with those kiddos that I call my fighters, my fighter babies, who struggle sometimes emotionally and behaviorally because of things that they've been through. So when you've been through a lot, um, trauma is kind of the topic area where I spend a lot of my time professionally, you tend to see more behaviors emotionally, um, physically coming from some of those kids most affected. And so I had the privilege of serving them. And my job as a psychologist is to create safe spaces for them where they can show me who they actually are and I can help them to understand what strengths and skills they have to help them cope individually and with their family um, through some of what they've experienced and what they will continue to experience. And so um, they helped to inspire this work. And the fight, I, I call it the fight because sometimes my babies are physically fighting or verbally fighting or you know, avoiding the classes and settings they should be in to help them grow because again, of what they've been through. And I wanted to turn fight, that word specifically, into an explicit set of skills that my babies and all the babies who need the support can use to help them navigate challenging situations. Because in life, we know that the question is not, will you fight? right? We're all fighting for things, what we want to achieve, fighting to overcome some situation that's really challenging. We know fights are ahead. And so the question is really, how will you fight? And so the goal of this work was to present my young people and their adult communities with words and resources and illustrations to work through fighting in a way that's more productive and leverages all of what's good about young people, their strengths, their skills, their abilities, their gifts, their talents. And so I've just feel blessed to have worked with so many amazing young people during my time here in Baltimore City. That's amazing. I love, I love that. Tell our listeners what the fights, what the word fight stands for. Sure. So the acronym, I'm a person that loves acronyms. It's something that has shown up in my work for as long as I can remember. And it's amazing how it's able to actually integrate into this work. Um, fight, the F stands for feelings. And so what that's about is identifying what you actually feel in a moment, especially a strong emotion, and thinking about strategies that you can use to help calm down quickly. The I 
stands for identity. And specifically that's asking young people to think about what their internal strengths are and what their external resources are and how can you use those to overcome a tough situation. The G stands for goals because goal setting is something that keeps us, you know, in the short term motivated, but in the long term, um, kind of envision about where we want to head and can help us to make a different decision if the current situation and a typical behavior might land us, you know, in a direction that's not helpful for where we want to go. The H stands for healthy coping. And healthy is added there very specifically because what I've learned about young people and adults too, who've been exposed to a lot is you learn how to cope, but sometimes how you cope is not good for you. And so healthy had to be at the beginning of, of that um, specific part of the acronym. And then the T, that stands for thoughts. Because another thing that I've learned is society is good at teaching us how to think about ourselves and telling us what we are capable of and what we're not capable of. And I, as a professional, aim to serve. My young people, traditionally underserved um, youth of color, oftentimes living at or below the poverty line, um, they hear a lot of negative things about themselves. In fact, there's one kiddo who comes to mind immediately, one of the first young people I worked with. And in a discussion, he shared with me, when I go to prison, he had already believed in his head that he had to go to prison. And so when I think about how this work kind of came together, I continue to center those kiddos and what skills they needed to be filled with so that they could make better choices about who they want to be and who they deserve to be. Sometimes they want to be something that they see. And I know that they're capable of much more beyond what they've ever seen before, what they can even imagine at times. And so the thoughts piece is about helping them to see themselves with love and um, with potential and capability, something that's not always spoken into certain kids in our community. So that's what the acronym stands for. Yeah, I love that because, um, you know, I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, when you constantly say something to yourself, um, whether positive or negative, that's what's going to happen. Um, so if you consistently say, I don't have any money, you're not going to have any money. If you consistently say, I'm always meeting someone that's going to um, hurt me, I'm never going to meet the love of my life, then that's exactly what's going to keep on happening. And so even with starting this company, you know, we, we both started in a job that we knew we wanted to get out of and we want to focus on doing this right here. So we kept on saying those words that this is what we're going to do. And it ended up manifesting. So I love that you uh, brought that example up because yes, if he is saying when I go to prison, it's definitely going to happen. Um, so with what you stated, I want to uh, touch on the struggles. So what were some of the struggles you had when coming up with the concept of the book? It's so interesting how the concept of the book developed. What I can say is actually I wrote the first 15 pages of this work in 2018. And I wrote it within a matter of hours. I don't identify as a writer. There was a specific event that occurred in the setting that I was providing mental services to. Um, and I just remember coming home really frustrated that day and sitting at the kitchen table and just writing the first few pages. I didn't at that point plan to be an author. That was not my goal. I just needed to get out the energy related to the event I had witnessed. Um, that was the easy part. I actually put it away at that moment, 
2018 on that day. I never looked at it again until 2020 when I decided, oh yeah, that thing I wrote, maybe I can do something with that now. Um, that was the hard part because the first part was really focused on adversity. Again, I mentioned early that we're going to face challenge in life. That is a guarantee. And we're going to have to fight through these challenges in some way. So the first 15 pages really focuses on acknowledging that. That's the easy part. The hard part is developing strategies that folks can use instead of the, the ways of fighting that often land my kiddos in trouble um, that are relevant, meaningful, and engaging for young people coming from traditionally underserved, traditionally underrepresented backgrounds. And so that second part really had to be multidimensional. And I knew just given my experiences as a person of color, given my work as a therapist, that whatever I created needed to give our young people the opportunity to write themselves into the story in a sense because a lot of what's out there and available to our kiddos does not look like them, does not sound like them, was not developed in the settings that they are most likely to be in. And so I had to continuously recenter them and sometimes get out of my own psychologist's brain to hear their voices. Some of the examples they've provided me um, had to reflect on that and how to include it here. So I needed to come up with questions. I knew that had to be a part of this. I couldn't just create from the adult perspective some text around what they should do. Of course, I have a lot of ideas around what kiddos can do. Psychologists, that's my job. But I needed them, the kiddo on the other side, my, my fighter babies especially, because they are who, who are truly centered in this work. I needed them to tell their own story. So I give you some content. How do you apply this to your life, given your experiences and what works for you? And so for example, like in therapy, we can teach a number of coping skills to young people, a lot of them, my early experiences in psychology, there were even things I was willing to use. As a black person, like sitting down and doing yoga was not a thing that related to my experience. And while I do see the benefits of yoga for some populations, again, my young people need to be able to tell their own story. So after my first part about feelings, the first part of the acronym, there's a question and the question reads, what helps you to calm down when you experience strong feelings? So that gives them the opportunity to think of what works for them. And there are strategies that work for people that they find over time, but if they're not given the space and opportunity to explore that, to think about it, they can't use it when they're faced with that challenging situation, right? You can't use something that you don't even know that you have. And so the idea is provide some content, help guide them towards some options, but then allow them to develop that list of options for themselves and with some guidance from adults, because that's the other piece about this. I, I am one person and I'm in the therapy realm, which I also know people of color are way less likely to go to therapy even when they need the mental health support because of stigma, lack of access. And so a big goal, in addition to having my youth connect with it, um, was to have adults be able to use this tool coming from a mental healthy person and using language that adults can easily understand, find engaging and relevant, but also, you know, have it be something that in the less ideal scenario, if it's handed to a young person, they can read it for themselves, understand the question and process the information, do something with it. So that's where it really got complicated in my acronym too. I knew I wanted to reclaim 
the word fight for my babies. Again, it's how you fight. But when we think about certain kiddos, especially kids of color, when you think of the word fight, it's typically a negative thought. I see fighting very positively if we shift that energy in the right direction, in a productive direction, because there's no one right way. But if we send it toward a productive direction, then my babies know that they can fight using these specific skills as spelled out here and they get to decide what those strategies are. So yeah, that was the toughest part is making sure my babies can connect and that anyone who picks it up can make use of the tool. I love that. And I find it amazing that you were able to uh, illustrate and show in the book that yes, this, this is happening, but it's also a re reflection so they can you know, put their own experiences into the book. Um, I noticed that when we're at book events, people look at the title and the cover and they're like, the fight, hmm. And that's the first thing they think of is, oh, this is like a fighting book or a boxing book, something along those lines. But when we explain to them what it really is, they're even more interested because they're, then they're like, wow, this is something that I can, you know, I can write in myself. It's like a reflection, a, a journal type of book. It's not just, you know, a regular, it's not a regular children's book. It's very different and unique and it's needed. And I like that you brought up the point of there's not enough books. I know, especially growing up, there wasn't a lot of books out there that look like us. Um, and that's one of our goals in the company is to create more literature for children that look like them so that not only they can say, oh, I can be an author one day, but they can actually want to pick up these books and read them because they can relate. And you also mentioned that you did not see yourself as an author when you first started putting pen to paper. What's some advice that you have for another author or someone that wants to be an author that's pretty much in that same boat as far as they have an idea but they don't know what to do next I think that's such a great question and yes you're right so when I came home that day and you know in a couple hours wrote the first half of this work it wasn't with the intention of being an author it was just again expressing some emotion um, from that day, but when I decided I was going to author this work, that I wanted to disseminate it, get it out to people in some way, um, that that's when the journey begins. You have this idea, now you've got to make it go forward. And I know for me, the number one thing is that sometimes fear gets in the way, right? You decide you have this goal, it's really important to you. And then your first set of thoughts may be doubt. Well, is it that important? Does anyone even want it? Um, will anyone read it? Is, why do I need to be an author? Am I good enough? Doubt lives in all of us. But something that I repeatedly told myself was favor over fear. This work was assigned to me in 2018 because again, I didn't identify as a writer. It was not my intention you know, in 2018 to make this into something. But the work flowed through me. And so then it felt like a responsibility that I had to get it done. And I had to get through my bouts of doubt. I had to keep saying to myself, favor over fear, especially in those situations when I struggled. Like I said, right in the second half of this work was, it was hard. As soon as I decided I was gonna publish it, it became hard, um, but favor over fear. And if I can do it, 
I know anyone can do it. You just have to have the drive. And so if it's a goal of yours and it's really important, you will make it happen. And you have to choose favor over fear at every barrier you run into. So that's the first thing, favor over fear all day. Um, taking it from my book, actually, because the questions are really intentional. Again, they're hard to create. Took me a lot of time because it needed to be able to connect with people on various levels. But one of the questions is around goals. That's the G in fight for my acronym. And the question is, why is this goal so important to you? You need a place to start. Sometimes it just begins with you telling yourself, why does this story have to come through me? Why is it so important? And so I can use myself as an example. I know that once I decided I need to publish this work, it was because I needed the youth that I serve to see them the way that I see them. I see them as so talented, as phenomenally capable, as individuals with potential beyond what they can imagine, which I always call the unseen dream, because I know that they're going to accomplish something that we've never seen before if they have the right supports in place and if they can believe in themselves. So I needed them to be able to see that. And it's one of my strengths. It's the reason I went into psychology because I see the good in people all of the time especially when people struggle to see the good in themselves. So I needed this to come to life for my babies that I'll never get to meet. Because again, as a therapist, most kids that I want to serve will never make it to my office. And I'm only one person. We all have to be able to fill our babies up with positive messages about themselves, positive opportunities to fight in a different way. And it can't come from just one person. So it just felt for me, it was important important for my purpose. My purpose is to see, help my fighters see themselves the way that I see them so they can become who they deserve to be and beyond. And that is what helped me because then I could recenter who is this for, which is a question I had to keep coming back to when I would get stuck, deciding on which element should go in. Who is it for? It's for these babies specifically. And so I had to keep thinking about them and that helped me to move forward when I got stuck. Um, and who else needs to make use of this and how? Coming back to those questions and why that's so important to me really helped as a starting place. Use your strengths is another one. Like I said, acronyms are my thing. And fight is an acronym and it works. And as, as Patricia, you mentioned earlier, people love that it's an acronym. That's one of the most common pieces of feedback that I get. Love is an acronym. It's easy to remember and it's easy to teach. And then don't settle. You'll know you're done when you're happy with the work. And as much as I like to get things done quickly because I'm very busy, I'm a mom, I have a full-time job, I have responsibilities to family and all of that. I would love to just knock this thing out. I had to move my timeline for publishing this work multiple times, which Felt uncomfortable, but I could not settle on something that was so important to me. That was so important to the community and kids that I love to serve. And so do not settle. It's okay if it takes more time, but be happy with it. Once you're happy with it, then it's done and go forward. And then sometimes if you're not happy ever because of the anxiety and fear, again, go back to the beginning, favor over fear. Sometimes you just got to put it out there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, it took me 30 years to do this or it took me, you know, even maybe less than that, 10 years to do this. But, you know, you'll know when you are done, you'll know when it's ready 
to uh, be brought to life. And, uh, you know, we, I always tell authors this when they say, I don't really have a goal date for, you know, the release of my book. I just want it to be done right. That's always my favorite answer. Then can we get this published next week? Because if we find things that I know as a reader doesn't look that great, then what are other readers going to think? So absolutely knowing when you're done, but then also knowing when you need to put some more love into what you've put together. Um, speaking of love, what have you loved the most about being part of the 105 family? That is the hardest question to answer because I love so many things. Um, I guess I'm going to start with the beginning. Once I got almost to the end of this phase of publishing this work, I realized that I did not know how to get it from Word and illustrations onto a website, then it's available via Amazon, you know, to the world. And I think I posted maybe in a Facebook group, hey, does anyone know somebody? And you all reached out immediately. Like you saved me. I felt like you all saved me. So I love that I didn't have to put effort into being saved. Someone just came around and said, I'm going to help you bring your vision to life, which for someone who has put, you know, their heart into this work but then they're at a barrier, you know, that's when the, those external resources really become important. And you were just so swift in offering that support. So early on, just looking for opportunities to help people, but also responsive, because I personally ask a lot of questions, probably why questions are important in the work that I do. And you all were just so generous in your offerings, never failing to give me the complete understanding I needed to move forward. You're also just two very genuine people, honest, innovative, smart, accommodating, refreshing. There's just so many great human qualities about you too that I'm grateful for. I also love that you are prioritizing, you know, getting work out there that's representative of our babies. Um, and that means more than we can even begin to understand this moment um, because our, in 2022, it's still difficult as a psychologist to very quickly pull resources that look like my kids that I serve. And while the work I do is for everyone, there's certain kids that are just left out and you all are working so hard and consistently on making sure our babies see themselves in literature. We know the power of literature. So it's just powerful um, that you all are taking on that mission. and. Um, that you just continue to be so supportive along the way, even doing this and staying connected with someone like me who's only published one thing, but you all make me feel like, um, like the work that I do is valuable and you help me to promote it without even my request. So I'm just grateful to have been saved by you all. I love that you're so responsive, such good people and that you're making sure our kiddos see themselves in literature so they can dream big about all of their potential and who they can be. Oh, we love that. Thank you so much for all the kind words. You got to get a box of tissue over here. Right. <laughs> uh, wipe these tears out. Um, no, it's, you know, it's, it's been a, a pleasure having you as a member of the 105 family. As a matter of fact, you, you were also the first, and I remember you being surprised by this very first event. You remember what city that was? Um, where we, the very first event we sold her books at, 
I don't remember. We've been to so many. We've been to Philadelphia and, and Louisville and and, and Orlando and Chicago. And, but one of those events, remember, we sold all your books. <laughs> that one event, mm-hmm. and I had to message you like, we have no more books left. <laughs> so we need some more books. Um, so that you know, that alone, again, just just the title is you know is, is captivating the children of all ages. Um, I think the youngest person who actually grabbed your book was probably around like five. Like it was interesting, like you know what I mean. And so, and I remember the mom saying, uh, "This one might be a little too, um, you know, mature for you." And then she was like, "Nope, this is what I want." I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's gonna be a book that's gonna be with her. Uh, for a long time. So we we thank you so much for what you do. Yes. Um, tell our listeners more about where they can find you and then also where they can purchase your book. Thank you so much for that question. Yes, folks, if you're interested in learning a little bit more about me um, and the fight, you can go to my website. It's drbrittpatterson.com. So that's D-R-B-R-I-T-T patterson.com. Or you can go and search for the book on Amazon. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for, again, being on the show. Um, we, we really, really uh, enjoyed your company. And so this will be a relationship that will be uh, long lasting. So absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been the 105 Way podcast. You can tune in every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Talk to you soon.